I ask this question as we get started. What were you made for? What were you made for? What were you created for? We believe that the Bible teaches it clearly that you are made and created to know God. And thus, there needs to be a reconciliation because there's been a separation from God because of your sin. And He, God, deservedly will and rightly and justly will punish all sin. He will make His judgment on it and His judgment will be right and true and you need to fear that. But in His grace and in His love, He sent Jesus to die on the cross to bear your sin so that you would come to know Him exercising faith and repentance in Jesus Christ and to start walking with Him. And we've been talking in Ephesians about a worthy walk. A worthy walk. We are in chapter 4. Take your Bible. If you don't have one, there's one in front of you. And it's in the New Testament, so go towards the back of the book. You're looking for Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to remind us of this, that Everything in this passage is intended to remind us that the gospel changes everything. If you want to follow in your outline, that's point number one, is that the gospel, a walk shows that the gospel changes everything. It's a worthy walk. That's what we talked about last week. And it's about learning about Christ and it's about renewing your mind in the, in His likeness and true righteousness and holiness. So remember, a worthy walk is one that it shows that the gospel changes everything about you. The way you think. The way you respond. And then number two, the passage that we want to look at here this morning is that a worthy walk is one that commits to building healthy relationships. Commits to building healthy relationships. That in Christ you reflect these things. And really what we're dealing with is, look, here's the, the, the magnificent picture of what Jesus did. Jesus on the cross took your sin. He bore your sin in his body on the cross. When you respond in faith, then it's what we call the great exchange. The great exchange happens. You respond in faith and what happens? His righteousness is accounted to you. Credited to your account. Okay? He's taken your sin and you receive what? His righteousness. Folks, you need to understand. This is a work that He did that you and I cannot add to. You cannot add to it. It is what? Finished, perfect, complete. That's why we praise Him, because of the perfect work He did. I don't have to add to it more and more and more. Your church attendance does not add to it more and more. Your Bible reading doesn't add to it. Your prayer life doesn't add to it. But those are important things. It's critical that you understand the work is finished. Your faith opens up heaven's gates and you receive blessing upon blessing. That's why Paul started this letter in Ephesians 1 by saying every spiritual gift, all all of them, 
The blessings are ours in Christ. And that's what learning and growing in the Word of God is doing, is helping you learn more of what He's already done for us. Okay? So, here's that great exchange. Now, we look at a passage like this, and you know what it's saying? Here's on a practical, daily basis, the great exchange that you keep on displaying in your life. You just keep on displaying it. And the great exchange that happens, look at, look at verse 25. For instance, verse 25 in chapter 4 of Ephesians. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. There's one of the great exchanges that you demonstrate. I'm going to put off what? Falsehood for what? Truth. So you speak truth. And because you're already in Christ, what's happening? Truth is alive in your life. You're, you're alive to these things. You, you now understand them. Why? The Spirit of God is doing this. Because you're a child of God. Not, it's not to gain status with God. You've already gained that in salvation. Do you understand that? That's what we need to understand. Is Now it's falsehood for truth. Falsehood. Listen, you know, it's so prevalent. It's so widespread. Either Sierra or Shelby mentioned it. I don't know which one. But one of them mentioned about it. Lying. No, Jeannie did. I'm sorry. Jeannie mentioned about that. Lying. Well, it's not just Jeannie. It's mom and dad. It's me. It's you. We have a tendency to lie. We Tendency is a nice way to soften it, right? Falsehood abounds in our world. And it's so easy for you and me Say, ah, it's no big thing just to do one more. So easy to continue in falsehood, all sorts of ways of falsehood. So we speak the truth instead because lying is sin and it really has no place in your life, nor does it have a place in the church. And why? What does it say? What does it say in the verse, in verse 25? Why do we do this? Because we are members of one another. When I lie or you lie, it hurts the body. Don't forget that. A lot of times we, you know, a lie is done and we think, ah, it's not going to hurt. No one's going to go, no, no. It, he's saying right here, it hurts and affects the body of Christ. Okay? So, with our, with these uh, kind of things, we either are helping or hurting in, in our, in our body here. Uh, letter B. You see it there in your outline, verse 26 and 27. Um, resentment for what? Reconciliation. Look at verse 26, chapter 4. <clears throat> Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Realize anger quickly becomes sin. He's not saying anger is sin. That's pretty clear. But he's saying, don't let, be angry and do not sin. So be quick to resolve. Be quick to reconcile. Be alert that Satan will take this opportunity of anger and use it for his sake. He wants to mess up your life. Okay? As a believer, 
he would want to mess up and ruin our testimony. So we are quick to, we need to be quick to resolve these things. Okay? And one of the things is, you know, don't let the sun go down. We, we've heard that kind of phrase. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And so the idea is be quick to resolve, deal with things as quickly as you can. There might be a time where you need to back away from the situation. That's fine. That's maybe showing wisdom. But be quick to, you know, deal with it and resolve it. Listen, this is why this section is so important that we understand what Paul's talking about in this whole section is about building healthy relationships. And I, you know it and I know it. Most of our problems deal with people. What's wrong with everyone else? (laughs) Why don't they just see the world the way I see it? No, it's not about you or me in that way. It's about us understanding what... What, what should be there, do the right thing. In your heart, you know, you see little Johnny or, or Susie demonstrate anger in their life and you know, well, that's not, that's not right. So we need to help each other, you know, deal with the anger. But our world, listen, our world is messed up. Why? Because we aren't tracking along with God's Word on dealing with people in a Christ-like way. And so typically, the thing we see is, yeah, lying, oh, they lie. Yeah, sure, they lie. Anger, yep. It just goes on. And, and these things are, it, it, this is what deteriorates our relationships. Okay? So he's saying, let's, let's go from this to get things reconciled, get things made right. Letter C. Slackership. I had to do a little stretch on that one. But that seems to be what we're, we all understand. It's, you know, there's a lot of slackers that we, you know, say they're not pulling their weight. They're not working hard. They're, well, look at what he says here in verse 28. Okay? He says, let the thief... Okay, so it's a different subject. Now, now let the thief... No longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So that's why we look at it and say, don't be a taker all the time. Don't be a slacker in this way. Trade it off, exchange it, dump that and get stewardship going in your life. Wise stewardship. Just work with your, start, you know, be busy with your hands. Work with your hands. Labor. Why? So you can be a blessing to others. It's more blessed to what? Give than to receive. That's what Jesus said. That's what the apostles passed on. It's more blessed to, to give than to receive. And so we, we need to understand, you know, don't, don't get into stealing. Well, we would all say, oh, I don't steal. We've got to think beyond the surface of that statement. Am I stealing in other forms, in other ways? I want to be careful that I'm not liable in that way, that I'm not stealing from my employer. I want to... You know, we're not talking about just bank robbery, stealing the money. No, we're talking about in other forms, in other ways, because we need to sink down beneath the surface and consider it. So get to work. Get working. 
Labor, do honest work with your hands in order to provide and share for others in need. You know, um, most of us can say, well, I've never had to, you know, um, be helped out. Well, that's good on one hand, but in the body of believers, it's good to be able to, to be plugged in so that others can bless your life. And that's what we want to do as a congregation, as, as believers, is be alert to how we can minister to and serve others. And this personal effort really reduces the factor of dependency. We've got a lot of people that come in that are, are destitute and des- desperate. Okay? And so we, we want to help them. But the best way to help them is with the gospel, not just to give them a... a Uh, some money or some food or whatever. We want to help in that way, but we want to make sure that, number one, do you understand the gospel? We want to help them understand. But personal effort in this regard of labor, of working, of productivity in one's life reduces dependency on others. And also at the same time, what this verse is saying, it it ought to increase, (laughs) increase ways to help and serve others. Let's move on. Letter D. Number two, letter D, um, tearing down for building up. Um, people are, we all, we all can be so skilled at tearing others down with our words. It's sad. But we are, you know, we, a lot of us are really expert level in it. And so we've got to let this sink in. Look at verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may be, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. So, you know, corrupting here means rotting, rotten. Um, and so we, with that, we think of dirty talk, off-color jokes, uh, raunchy stuff, right? Foul, filthy language. And by the way, this is, I didn't mention it at the start, but there's many commands. There's probably six or seven commands in this little passage that we're dealing with. So it's commanded for the believer. Don't let corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Okay? It's always a shock to mom or dad when little Johnny comes home and says what he says that he learned at school or in the neighborhood. And it's embarrassing. It's like, nah, what? But hey, yeah, it happens. So what do we do? A lot of people laugh at it. Right? They laugh at it. Hey, isn't that funny? <laughs> it's That's sad. So we need to help learn, help ourselves and help our children or those around us. You know, if, if you got somebody at work that, that's, you know, got the corrupt talk going, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. You don't want to be, you know, filing a complaint, you know, I mean, then it comes back on you and all sorts of stuff starts happening. But here's, you know, again, demonstrate from your own life. The godly thing, the right thing. 
and recognize it. The corrupt talk, the, the filth, all that stuff, or the, just the condescending talk, those kind of things, that's what tears down relationships. It tears down relationships. And so he's saying, but here's gracious words. Here's edifying words, upbuilding words. What is good for the building up of people? In marriage counseling, there's often times where I'll say, at the close of the day, when you go to bed, before you go to bed, you say something that's building up your spouse. You do it. Just just do it. Okay? Figure that out in your repertoire of words and such. Right? Just... Figure that this is what I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a constructive person here. I'm gonna build up with my words. Don't be tearing down. And then it says, isn't it interesting, oh by the way, that right in the next verse he says, and do not what? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Gee, is there some connection there? with how I speak, how I handle people and deal with people. And then he turns on and says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay? And... How easy it is because we are so prone to just letting the words come because here's my reaction, knee-jerk reaction. No, not as a Christian. No, not as a Christian. So be alert to that, brother or sister. Be alert to that and recognize, you know what? We're called not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Notice What he says there in verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. His sealing work puts that stamp of authority on your life that you're truly a child of God. Are you truly a child of God? Then start living that way and demonstrating that in your conversation with people and how you react to people. This is what it's all about. Building healthy relationships. Building strong relationships. I almost wanted to title this message, uh, Wonder Bread. But most of you don't know about Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread builds strong bodies in 12 ways. Well, we want to have Wonder Bread kind of conversation going. That's going to build up the body. Okay? All right. Letter E, number two, bitterness for tenderness, tenderheartedness. Bitterness, wrath, and anger. Quickly stated, it shows what? Well, it shows a lack of love. Kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness. That's the, that's the opposite of it. Start showing care. Think about it. I mean, all of us would say, I can, I can define kindness on a test. But think that through. Think about what kindness is like. Children, young people, think about what kindness looks like. Think about that. And let's demonstrate that. Because 
we say we're believers, then let's, you know, there it is. Let's go for it. Bitterness for tender-heartedness. You know, this is a... Let's, let's read it together here. Look at it. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You know, there's the... there's the thing that I keep coming back to that you ought to keep coming back to as God in Christ forgave you. How much did He forgive you? See, a lot of times we answer that question, how much He forgave us? Well, yeah, He's forgiven me. The problem is we don't know as much as we ought to about all that He's forgiven us. Not that I want to make it into a real negative, heavy thing about how terrible... But the thing is, in God's sight, apart from Christ, a lot of us say, hey, we're not that bad. Folks, you need to learn what the Bible is saying about your condition apart from Christ. You're condemned because of your sin nature and your rebellion against God. You're, you're condemned. And so you need to flee from the wrath to come. Because the wrath will come from God. Flee from the wrath to come. And run to the refuge of Jesus Christ. And be found in Him. Because of his, his, it's His work. His accomplishment. And to abide there. That's, that's the idea. That's the picture of the Christian. You're abiding in Christ. It's, it's all about Him. Okay? We've raced through these exchanges in chapter 4. Falsehood for truth, resentment for reconciliation, slackership for stewardship, tearing down for building up, bitterness for tenderheartedness. I would encourage you to take more time on your own or with your family or in your connect group. If you're not in a connect group, get in one. And and just let that stir around and and stimulate one another with questions and talk about it, okay? Think that thing through. Because most of the stress in your life, I don't even know, I mean, I know a lot of you, but I don't know all of you. The thing is, the stress in your life is because of, here's stirring up of relationship problems, conflicts in in, in interpersonal relationships. Okay? Number three, a walk that shines in love. This is the worthy walk. It it walks in the sphere of love. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, there's two key commandments here. They're imperatives. They're not options, they're commands. Number one is be an imitator. The word that's in the imperative is the the verb be. Be imitator. Okay? And that's that's the word we get for mimic. You're mimicking. You know, the little children mimic you know, what they see all the time. They mimic mom, dad. They mimic the what they see in the movies, etc., etc. 
Okay. Got a lot of kids mimicking the Frozen movie, and a lot of kids mimicking, you know, Ella or wouldn't know what I don't even know their names, so I messed up on that. But they mimic, and that's the command for the child of God is to mimic God. Say, no, we can't mimic God. Why is he saying this then? We can mimic God, not with his incommunicable attributes, but his communicable attributes, what we understand. Love, mercy, grace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I'd like to see you mimic omnipotence. Can't do it. Sometimes we come across like we're saying, we think we can, but we can't. But we're, we're doing this and see it there as beloved children. That's, that's the key. <laughs> Imitate him because you are his children. If that's what you are stating and believing and professing. Imitate what he's called us to do. Children love doing it. Let's mimic God in his way. And let her be. Be in the zone, meaning walk in that sphere of love, in the realm of love. Christ is our pattern as Christ loved us. Did he love you when you got your act together? Uh -uh. Think of that. He didn't wait for you to get right because guess what? Hello? You can't get right enough for God. And so he loved you in your sin. In your rebellion. He demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners. Okay. So he gave himself up. It doesn't just say as Christ loved us. It says as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So love is what? Love is an act of sacrifice. That's what we're called to do here. So, I'm not sure how, but we need to wrap this up here. There's, there's just an important, very important feature that what happened at salvation, the great exchange, my sin for His righteousness, that can be on display in your life with these practical everyday things with communication. Trade off falsehood, get dump it. Get rid of it and take on speaking in truth. Get rid of resentment. Take on reconciliation. The believer has the ministry of reconciliation. And on we go through that list. Now, let me close with this. This emphasis is, in, is not possible unless you believe the gospel. And that's what our prior um, sections and study on last week was. This is about that the, the gospel changes everything. So we can't go on it in our own power. You need to understand, this can happen because of Jesus, because of the gospel being made alive in my life. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And it's not just a thing of the past that, that gets you to heaven. It's an ongoing power in your life. It's Jesus Christ. So, I hope that you'll take some time to 
look this over more and let it sink in. Because I'm, I believe that this section in Ephesians 4 gives us what will help us so much. Gospel-driven living and healthy, biblical, strong relationship building. Do you have troubles with people you're dealing with? Don't accuse them. Turn to the mirror of God's Word and let it speak to your heart about the changes you ought to be making that should be there. Why? Because you're saying you're a Christian. It ought to be there. It ought to be evident because of His work in your life. Okay. We're going to um, stop there. And next week... Pastor Brennan will pick up with uh, chapter 5, starting at verse 3 and, and heading on. And we've got communion next week, so be preparing for communion in your heart and mind. Be preparing for it. And then um, what we want to uh, pick up on, uh, I'm very grateful for Chris and his explanation of things here um, this morning. Now what we'd like to do is um, have Chris and Brennan come on up. And, and um, we're just going to, there, it's not going to be a big uh, formal session. We just want to have some folks recognized here um, and have them come up front when I call their name. Then after they are up front, we're going to sing our memory verse song. So if we can get the screen down and we've we got to finish with our memory verse song. Okay. So. Here's what we'd like to do is just have you acknowledge our newest members, okay? And um, uh, so I would like for Sandy Cole to come on up, Sandy, and then Richard and Barbara Hickox, come on up, Eric and Sarah Moffitt, and Nikki Reynolds. And just come on up here. Um, I need my... the clicker. Ooh, the clicker. Yeah. So... Um, now, after we're done singing and all, um, if, if you want to, uh, come on up here and just welcome them. Uh, we're going to try and do this on a more consistent basis. I think the last time we did this was 16, 17 years ago, maybe, maybe less. But we're just we're excited for these folks, and uh, there's others of you on the docket, and so we uh, will get to you also. Um, but thank you, Lord, for... Uh, a wonderful morning. Let's stand together. And if you, yeah, you guys want to turn on and then uh, we'll pray and then have you come and welcome these dear folks. Here we go. Ready? Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and Walk in a manner worthy of the falling to me.
So I'm going to pray in a moment here. But um, if you are interested, come on up and just, you know, it used to be called the what? The right hand of fellowship, right? So come on up and uh, greet these folks. You can step on down to the floor area and let's uh, close in prayer here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Dear Lord, be glorified in our lives today and through this week. We pray that you would be honored and magnified and lifted up in all that we do. Help us, we pray, by your Spirit, help us. Thank you, Lord. And Again, we lift up these dear folks who are baptized and just thank you so much for your work that you've begun in their lives. Guide and direct, we pray, for your sake and for your glory. Amen.